We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Wake up! Wake up! Mike Mulligan. We are moving ever closer to that moment where you no longer say Happy New Year. On the way up in the elevator, we were talking about like how long do you have to keep doing that because we had an exchange downstairs. <laughs> well, I, I, I said, well, I think it's like, and then you immediately are, Happy New Year. And I'm kind of like, wait a minute. Larry, Happy New Year. You're too late. Happy New Year. Come on, it's three weeks. Isn't it almost a month already? It's ridiculous. Ah, look, I have nothing to say to these people. Oh, man. Do you know it's a Happy New Year anyway? David Haw. January has a feel, a vibe. It's a fresh start. So I don't, I don't, but I don't want to begrudge anybody their happy greeting. That's what you want. People to be in good moods. Good morning. Happy New Year. Hey. It's a little late, frankly, for the Happy New Year's, you know? Why? Just happened a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, that's too long. That statute of limitations is kind of run out on the New Year. Three days. Plenty. Three days. Start your mornings with Mully and Haw. 5.30 till 10 a.m. on 6.70 The Score. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Let's go. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6.70 The Score. It is Thursday, January 4th, and a very happy New Year to you, Mr. David. Good morning, Mully. Happy Thursday. Yes. I found myself resisting that urge to say Happy New Year to someone I saw for the first time. This year, this morning, a little while ago, on the elevator up from the parking garage, and uh, did you get it? I, I, I was not. I, I didn't say Happy New Year. But did someone say Happy yes. New Year? Yes, and you just did not reciprocate. I said, "How have you been? How was your holiday?" Oh boy, I just did that. What did I say? I mean, I'm proud of you because you you <laughs> taken the stance. Yesterday, you violated it immediately. It was less a stance than a, maybe just a position. <laughs> it wasn't a strong stance. Yeah. Well, I found myself just, you know, it had early to, greeting. Just knowing your uh, politeness, you had to bite your tongue I to did. not say Happy New Year back. I did so. kind of bite my tongue a little bit, but it was... Uh, how have you been? Did you enjoy your holiday? How have you been? Did you enjoy your holiday? And then got good, a good update, nice little exchange, you know, good way to start the morning. That's great. That's great. I, I wonder if anyone ever tells the truth. How have you been? <laughs> well, oh, you, uh, you, know, it, exhausted. you don't have that long. You're, you're, you, if you, enjoy your holiday. It was, a, it was murder. You cannot believe horrible. the dysfunction I was exposed to over the holiday. <laughs> you think your family's bad? Meet mine. Can you imagine if somebody said that to you? Oh, I can't. I am so glad to be back at work. Yeah, yeah. No, I can't imagine anyone saying that to no, me. Sometimes people are just but tired. But people of sometimes will say, oh, too short. Yeah. Needed longer. You do hear that. You do hear that. Which, uh, and, you know, at these hours, you hear a lot of, well, God, I wish I was still in bed or, yes. I couldn't sleep last night. Yeah. And, boy, this is going to be may, a rough one. I may have, uh, have hit a drifter with my car on the way here. <laughs> That's mainly the one I get. <laughs> oh, I had a harrowing commute myself this morning. 
It was something else. <laughs> Did you notice how windy it was? I'm just saying this is something someone would say. <laughs> yeah, and it would be out weather, of context. The weather's safe. The, the weather, weather. The weather's always a safe. Is, uh, it, is it safe? Topic of conversation, <laughs> typically. You know, in the morning, ride up, or if you see somebody you typically see at the same time every morning, usually have the you can share a weather conversation. But lately, there's nothing to talk about. Really? Oh, it's come just on. So nice. So mild. Not the weather. No I'm snow. Fine. No, I, I'm no, I know I'm jinxing it because it, there is snow on the way, but did uh, did you see any of the buses that dropped off people in suburbs? Did not. Yeah, I, I mean I'm just looking for conversation starters. Oh, I could have told a story this morning. I when I arrived, I, I Let's stopped. Have it. Let's have this. Well, I stopped for gas. Oh boy, you know I have a I have a commute. carjacking. <laughs> no, it wasn't okay. a carjacking. I'll make it quick. Stop for gas, and because I had let it get down to a little bit of sure. a, yeah, closer than I want to. Mm-hmm. Got a new vehicle, the, the hybrid. You get a little bit be- get better gas mileage. You're not used to getting gas, so I kind of have forgotten how the, the urgency of maybe getting gas when it gets to a certain point. And you know, it always tells you now you have so many miles to go. Sure. And I had overlooked that coming home last night. I, I had television last night, and I forgot to go to the gas station. This morning, the one I usually go to closed. The other one I go to closed. The other one I tried, I was not, it was out of order. So I said, no okay, way. I'm going to try wow. because it had so many miles and I had so many to go. I get here and I'm on E. I may have to siphon some gas out of your tank yeah, after the show. I'm driving on a full tank, buddy. Oh, my. Well, good. Yeah. It's going to be a quarter of a tank after the show. You're more than welcome to it. <laughs> I have got to find the nearest gas station, and I wasn't going to look when I was, you know, coming in here this morning. And certainly not at this hour. It's not a great idea to get gas at four. I I have in the done it, but it is that's an emergency situation I, where you just have let it go to the point where you thought, you know, I'm on my auxiliary tank, but I got all those things. That thing's full up. I agree. If this were my son, I would be lecturing him. Yeah. I am down have to. Have you ever run out of gas? Uh, no. Oh, I have. I, did I ever tell you the time I ran out of gas in Miami with Dan Pompey? <laughs> That's an unbelievable oh, that, story. I think I have heard that story yeah. from Dan Pompey. Oh, Didn't God. he yell at you? He went off on me, <laughs> and he went blue on me, and I, honest to God, I, like, literally just dropped my head and laughed. I could he not, was not stop happy. laughing. He was, he was so he was, over the you top. You were laughing, and he was legit upset and well, mad. I mean, we were in a <laughs> we were not in a great area, and I think he just, it was like the, like, it, but it was, I found it hilarious, his overreaction to it. You know what I did? I walked about 14 paces to a gas station, and I filled up the thing. I felt I got like a little thing just so I could. And then you went back to the gas station. So it didn't, it didn't take up. you out of your it, way? It didn't. Th- well, I had already made the wrong turn, <laughs> honestly. And if I hadn't, <laughs> we'd have been on like the causeway. I mean, it's a real, we would have really been in trouble. And when you're driving Dan Pompey anywhere, yes. and you have a situation like you just oh, in- God, described, so you feel like you're letting your dad down. Oh, my God. He's like, such a good guy. He, well, and he also is such a responsible guy. You exactly. know that would never happen never to him. Never happened to him. It would never happen yeah. to a guy like that who's prepared for but, anything. But I, I, in fairness to me, I was 
borrowing another guy's rental car. It was from the paper, and and I'm like, hey, you taking the car tonight? <laughs> I gotta go to down. Me. I didn't even look. <laughs> I I mean, the car, the car was. Okay. It, I, I I took it from I, the. I, I get it. You know, do you often give away rental cars <laughs> with no gas in them? I mean, I'm just being okay. honest. So, Cubs were playing the Dodgers. It was the NLCS. I think of 20, 2017, and we flew. Whenever they flew from Washington to, uh, went from the Nationals to yeah. the Dodgers. Gordon Wittenmeyer, formerly of the Sun-Times sure. and NBC Sports Chicago, and he's now in Cincinnati. We were – he said, hey, can you give me a ride to the uh, Dodger Stadium? We land. You yeah. know, we're on the same flight. We get the rental car. And just like you described, you know, you don't think of anything. You're on the freeway. You're in L.A. traffic. Yeah. You've got so many ch- – and you look at it, it's like, E. How could, how and we have 11 cost? miles or something left. Yeah, how did they give you a I, car with no gas in it? That's we, illegal. We're in traffic. We take a right off of an exit. Not a great neighborhood. Well, of course. Not a great neighborhood. We're sitting there at a gas station in a bad neighborhood with a rental and clearly two guys who have seen better days. It was, it was a little bit educational. It was, it, was a, it was an experience. And Gordon's like, hurry up. Can you hurry up? <laughs> I, at one point, this is a true story, I had, uh, my muffler fell off my car. I had, I mean, I don't know how that happens. In fairness to you. In fairness to me. You hit a pothole. I, I, I must, something must have happened. I, cr- I, so I pull over. It's not a great neighborhood. And I'm, I crawl under the car and um, I have a hanger. I had a hanger in the back seat. So I like undo this hanger and I'm under the car trying to use the hanger to just hold up the muffler so I can get home. Mm-hmm. And and I'm under the car and I'm tying this thing up and I hear some muffled voice and I'm not paying attention. And this guy like is kicking me in the feet and I'm like, what the, what, you know, so I'm not, I'm not in a really good mood. Kicking your feet? He's kicking my feet. Yeah, you don't like want to do that. Like he wants my attention. You don't want to do so that. So I come out from under the car and there, this guy is standing there and he had a knife. And he told me he was holding me up to give him all the money. And I looked at this guy and I, I am like, I said to the guy, I'm like, I'm like, if I had money, <laughs> would I be driving this? And the guy like takes a step back and I'm holding this hanger. And I realize I'm like going at him with the hanger. Kind of guy. You <laughs> know gonna, what I mean? You're going to stab oh, him with the I, hanger. Because at that point, if he wanted to stab me, please go right ahead. Put me out of my misery. I, oh, please, God, I'll, you know, ambulance myself to a hospital. At least I'll, I'll get a ride. Maybe I'll make it, but I won't have to deal. At least the ambulance has the a muffler guy, that and works. And the guy literally, like, he, I, I, I was just, like, screaming what, 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 how did because that of the car. It ended. He ran off. I think I scared you him. You scared him off with a hanger I, and your I, mood. I, I, you know what ended? I crawled back under the car, and I somehow hooked the thing up with a hanger. I got about, I don't know, a mile, and the thing went again. Okay. I'm glad you ended that way. I thought you said you got back in the car and I drove past him and and, and I beat I got him, up. him with the door. Got him yeah. with the door. No, no. I, but it was just like this guy is interrupting me, trying to get my bloody muffler. No, 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 no. Up. He's not interrupting you. He's gonna rob no, me. He wants to take your money. Yeah. And harm your health. He just he just got the wrong guy. <laughs> it was just the wrong. I mean, honestly. 
I was mugged one time on the L, and I couldn't believe I was kind of like, hey, guys, should we all get together next week for dinner? I'd love to have you over to the house. I mean, it was ridiculous how, how you know, I always thought. I'd how be, cordial you were with I your attackers? I always attackers. thought that I would be like Charles Bronson. Did you guys exchange and Christmas I went, cards? I went exactly the opposite way. <laughs> how do you develop a relationship with somebody I, who mugged you? There were about five guys, and and they they had, uh, they had like these weird weapons it was like um, they almost they, they almost they were so nice they almost felt bad taking your money well i and I, this is the honest guy truth i said to the guy I, I said hey i you know i'm on the l man i got seven dollars in my pocket and and then they slit my jeans at the pocket with with those like carpet cutters mm-hmm. and i was like Ugh! like i kind of had like a little line of blood but it wasn't like a deep cut and they took my seven dollars and the guy's holding my one and I didn't have any credit cards or anything. I'm like, hey, can I get my IDs back? And, this guy, and the guy looked at me, and as they were jumping off the L, he threw my wallet back to me, which was sliced from where they, they cut into my but your pocket. But your ID was in there. Um, my ID, my so school ID. they were ID, intact. Yeah, everything was intact. That's actually a very uh, it was like a, kind mugger. Well, I, I, I was very much appreciative that <laughs> I didn't lose. You know, replacing your license and... My school ID. Thank and all you for that not stuff. wounding me. Well, I mean, yeah. enjoy the seven dollars at Denny's. <laughs> if I had what, money, what well, are you doing? <laughs> I was in a really bad situation. I just decided to go home, and I took the L. To, and, and I was in like a pretty bad situation. It's good that it wasn't by worse. Taking the L. It was a lot. You've better. had two then harrowing experiences that could have been worse. I've had three. There was a guy. I don't know why, but he had a gun on the L, and he kind of pulled a gun on a group of us. Oh, that's and scary. And that was pretty scary. Yeah, that's pretty scary. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, you know, you live in the city and you have no cash. You're going to stumble upon different situations. And you don't want to run great. out of gas. And you can't run out of gas. So, we'll see how the post-show yeah. uh, experience goes. I hope I don't have I a story will, tomorrow. I will happily. Uh, if do, I'll if, work it out. Do you have, like, a little tube? And I'll just. I, don't, I, do not, I don't, do is, I don't drive around with a guard, the guard hose. Pretty easily. You'd be surprised. Yeah. yeah. I, you sound sound like you have experience. I have I have had to siphon some gas before, not from only from someone I knew. I thought I let, that there run, was something going on after the show. Gas. I thought that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you get me the tube, I know how to do okay. it. <laughs> not delightful, but you can do it. <laughs> Text David. Let us know the black market price of gas today downtown. Gas gas has gone down. I just yeah. filled my tank, and I was. Pleasantly surprised. Very affordable. Yeah, it was a lot better. 2024 off to better, a good buddy. start. Anyway, we digress. We did digress there. I don't know how we got on it's that. It's all right. My fault. I take responsibility for that one. Bears, Packers, Bulls, Knicks. Where do you want to start? Well, I, I don't know what to say about the Bulls, Knicks, other than we've seen that game, too. We've seen that um, game before, but I say they this. They were better than they were the night before. They were, but matters. wasn't it? It's still, this was a primetime, yeah. nationally televised. Weird. Bulls Knicks game at the Garden. And I listened to it on the score. <laughs> you could listen to Chuck and Bill, and they were great. And Alyssa, there are there are a few venues where uh, that still carry that kind of marquee value, that marquee feel. It felt like we were watching a game that mattered probably more than it did. The Knicks are a very well coached team. You would expect it, Tom Thibodeau. Jalen Brunson is hard not to be Local happy for him. Good. Yeah, great, he just is a player. winner. Yep. Great shooter. Bulls just didn't have enough. 
the Bulls last night just reinforced the point we talked about a night earlier. They need Zach Levine back. They, they need that offensive punch. They need they need more. They don't have enough. They miss Vooch. You know, they they won a bunch of games without Zach Levine, and then they initially won without Vooch, but it's caught up. Good news on the Vooch situation. Sound like he made a, some progress yesterday yeah. running and coming back from that injury. Zach Levine expected back as early as Friday night. You know, they are still, you know, only a couple games back of that eighth spot, seventh spot. They're going to be flirting with respectability and on the fringe of the playoff picture all season long. You hope they can get it together. The other big news, Woj reported the latest. We've heard it locally, now confirmed nationally. Not a market for Zach Levine. They might have to settle for just dumping the contract on somebody. Yes. Yeah, that's not ideal. Not ideal. No. Aren't you better off keeping him? I don't know. I want to see how he plays. I I, I think I want to see how he integrates himself into this new way of playing, if that's a new way of uh, playing, and how – how the layoff has affected his approach to every possession and to late possessions and to every game because the emergence of Kobe White has changed maybe his role in this offense. Hmm. I liked watching the Bulls and the Knicks. I thought it had a feel to it. It was, it, was, it was more enjoyable than I anticipated. Got home, sat down, thought, all right, I'll take a look, and then it was entertaining. Yeah, yeah. It was, Until uh, the Bulls fell behind 15 with a couple well, minutes that, to go. That's, that's the problem. The, the they they were in the game for a long period of the game, and that was nice to see after the night before, where they were never in the game, and that was very reminiscent of early season stuff. But they did not; they weren't capable of finishing that game. This stretch is not uh, Th- that's easy. a game you could win. They should have probably it, won Knicks, one of these two. The Knicks can be beaten, and yeah, you know, as much as everyone. It loves Madison Square Garden and it's, you know, Mecca and all that stuff. It's really not. I mean, I've seen a lot of mediocre Knicks basketball over the years in that building. It's it's, a, it's like a lot of places. Yeah. It's like Wrigley Field used to be. You know, it was revered yes. and traditional and all the things that yeah. looked beautiful on television and great place to visit. But then you walk around, it's like, boy, this place is a dump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not, the it's, garden is similar. You know, it looks great. Yeah, on television, it is a big it's stage. Great. It's a basketball mecca. But if you have been there, as yeah. you have, and you've covered games there, as we have, it's kind of a dump. Similar to Green Bay, to bring it all back home. <laughs> I, I mean, I I know they've improved the uh, stadium quite a bit, Lambeau, but that's that's just, I, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the parking lot and walking in from there and just dealing with the, the it, it's just the, the feeling of the You don't game. like small towns, so you don't like Green Bay. And I, I understand why. What do you why. mean I don't like small towns? <laughs> Generally speaking. I like, I like uh, I'm just trying to think. Is San Francisco still a small <laughs> no, town? No, it's not. It's getting smaller. No, it's not. It's not as big as here. <laughs> it's not a small town. I'm trying to think of a small town. Did you think that Justin Fields uh, was having fun? What was the purpose of his uh, shot at Green Bay yesterday? I got it. It I mean, I I don't even think it was a shot. I think it was truth telling. It'll be a fun environment to walk into. You know, their home field. Uh, I know their fans are going to be loud because there's not much to do in Green Bay except watch football. Is that, you know, I mean, hey, let's go to Tony (laughs) Romo's for ribs. I I mean, I, I, I asked the. Guy at the hotel. 
Like, hey, what's the best restaurant? Called? Yes, but Prime Quarter. Yeah, you know We've what? Been over this, it's Prime a, a, Quarter. I'm not going to cook my own food. That's, That's not going to. out to they dinner. They will cook it for you. You can have their Prime Quarter, pal. That's not a real restaurant. I just didn't expect to hear that from Justin Fields. It was kind of a shot. I loved it. I thought it was just hilarious. It was funny. It was funny. I mean, really. Have you ever had a night out in Green Bay? I have. And you know what you do? You go to the Indian Casino. Several. That's it. Yeah, I've been to Green Bay a lot. Yeah, I, I, I'm saying, I what is, what's a big night out? I, I was there with my wife, and I asked the guy, hey, where, you know, where's a good place to go to dinner? And he's like, yeah, Tony Romo's has ribs over there. I really enjoy that. And I was like, what? Sorry. And, and Dustin, Prime Quarter is not a steakhouse where you make your own steak is not my idea of, like, But you don't dining. have to. They will cook it I for don't, you. I don't trust them. You don't trust them. There's a fire and there's meat. What? It, it can be was, done. Is Justin Fields wrong? You know, I'm, I'm just asking. No, but you because don't. Because in Chicago, not, I'm not comparing the two because mm-hmm. I'll be accused of once again, you know, loving big cities as opposed <laughs> to small towns. Chicago has like pretty much a nice restaurant uh, in every corner of the city, mm-hmm. right? It pretty much has. Like, there are people that come to Chicago to go to a certain restaurant that I've never been to, and I've lived here my whole life. So I'm always kind of like, really? Wow, that's amazing. You meet people when you're traveling, oh, have you ever gone to this? That place is so great. And I'm like, no, I haven't been to that part of the city in about 15 years. So, no, I've never been there. And and then, you know, there's like, like right here, we got the Art Institute like 15 feet away which is a very nice place. I happen to be a member. I can take you over there if you want. We've Point in the got, right direction? No, I'm pointing. Right it's right there, the Art Institute. I'm pointing in exactly <laughs> the correct direction because I've lived here my whole life, and I know where everything is, and I'm a member. What window are you behind? <laughs> that, you stand too close to the window? Okay, that's east. That's west. That means... North we should is put this up, way we and should, south we should is put up, It is uh, south of us. Like d- Where directional you know, letters so we know. Or put well, I, I a, don't a need them. In here, the in lake here. is east. It's not east all the way around the lake, but when you're in Chicago, the lake is east. <laughs> I kind of get that. I think people know that. <laughs> well, I don't know because you sometimes drive around the lake and maybe the lake changes. Did the Pro Bowl snub uh, yes. bother you? Um, it, it, it bothered me. It bothered me. DJ Moore not getting in doesn't make sense to me. No, it doesn't make any sense. Well, I, and people were saying, they come at me on Twitter like, well, you know, you look at the numbers, Mike Evans and, yeah, you know. I, I, listen, the- I, I don't really have a problem with the guys they chose. I think they're all really good receivers. But I do think that DJ Moore deserves. Puka Nakua is the Rams rookie. Yeah. Who has had a tremendous year. He's about Great on the year. verge of setting some records. He has, let's look at him specifically, 101 catches, 1,445 yards, 1,445 yards, only five touchdowns. So I see a lot of empty calories there. That's fair. I see a lot of, look, he's going to be a great player too. He's a rookie. Yes. DJ Moore is the best player on the Bears offense, and every week defensive coordinators go into their meetings preparing for the Bears with one objective. How do you stop him? We'll get into it, but Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in the NFC North, and he didn't really qualify because he missed so many. He was injured. Right. But I'm saying 
that's the best. I mean, he's a he is greater than DJ Moore. That's not a shot at DJ. No, that's no, a great no one, player. No one would dispute that, right? So I'm saying, when a guy like that doesn't make it, you feel like DJ Moore should be in. The guys who went in, you can't argue with CD Lamb. I mean, it's no, like, it's it's no, obvious. He's a good player. You had can't. big games on national television. And the two that Mike Evans and, and, and the Rams rookie, I think, are ones where you look at and you think, well, okay. Yep. I, Mike Evans gets a benefit of the doubt. He's I a, love Mike Evans. He's you probably, know that. yeah. But I would take DJ Moore over him this year. This year, Evans has 13 touchdowns. But still, is first timer, I, I just felt like that. Good, good for Montez Sweat. Yes. Surprised a little bit by Jalen Johnson. Good for him. I love the way the Bears handled that in terms of the video and the surprise. And they called Sweat and Jalen Johnson to Hallis Hall into a meeting room for an emergency game plan session. Yeah, that was cute. And then they broke the news. <laughs> you don't sound like it was cute. No, it was cute. What was wrong with that? Nothing. Everything they do is perfectly cheesy and cute. <laughs> Everything. You love that stuff. You know why? Why would you was, not like that stuff? I, I didn't dislike it. It was just very small town. David, how's that? <laughs> on brand. I'm just making a joke. Totally on brand. Uh, <laughs> all right. We've got, uh, we're going to get into all this stuff. We've got the pick six next. We're going to pick apart all the stories of the day. It's Molly and Hall on the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Pick 6 with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick 6 with Mully and Haw starts now. What's your take on the Bears Pro Bowl players? Did anything surprise you? Was anyone deserving but now rewarding? Will the list grow longer as the years go by? Yeah, I think that's the thing that you kind of rely on. That You know, I think that D.J. Moore is going to make it to a, a Pro Bowl. If he didn't get it this year, he'll get it next year. If, um, if the passing game improves, if the Bears continue to bring in good players – then they're going to get more Pro Bowl players. And um, I think that there are a couple of um, there are a couple of guys that are kind of close already, frankly. You know, if, if Jalen Johnson is, uh, is making the Pro Bowl, can Jaquan Brisker be that far away if he can stay healthy and, and up and running, et cetera? So I, I think the Bears are – I think they're – you know, I understand the difference between – Frank Ragnow and whatever the Bears are lining up between Penny Sewell and and uh, and Darnell Wright, I, I understand the difference, but I think that there is a path to a really good team here, and Montez Sweat's a great example of that. You know, you can go out and get a guy and give him an opportunity, and he can stand out above others in in the way that Sweat has here in Chicago. So, 
I, I honestly do believe that they will have more moving forward. It just uh, sometimes it, um, it takes a while for, before people get recognized. I wish that DJ Moore had gotten into the Pro Bowl because I honestly God believe he deserved it, and that's the only reason. But, um, you know, we, we had talked about TJ Edwards. We had talked about uh, the kicker. I got no problem with anyone that was taken, and I'm not going to sit here and diss people, but I think that um, that there there is a way forward as the Bears see more success. Yeah, it's hard. Part of it's winning. That that also Pro Bowls also go along yep. with the winning 49ers with uh, uh, nine Pro Bowlers. And, and some would say that uh, one of their wide receivers, Ayuk, is a guy that kind of was on the top of the snub a snub list as well. So it would have been another guy that it, it, it's tough. It, it's tough to get in as a wide receiver. It's a good group. But, yes, as the Bears continue to grow, if they're if – they're, needle is indeed pointing in the right direction then this uh this list will grow i mean maybe cairo santos should have been the uh pro bowler for the bears he had a good season he could have justified that i think you could understand cd lamb aj brown they belong the third wide receiver the fourth wide receiver yeah it's open for debate i I called it a snub with dj moore that's okay he had eight touchdowns 92 catches 1300 yards those are milestone numbers those are career bests you look at Nakua, the Rams rookie. Yeah, 101 catches. Yes, 1,400 yards, 1,445, five TDs. As I said, I think a lot of empty calories there. Mike Evans didn't have as many yards as DJ Moore. 1260, 1233, had 13 touchdowns. You understand that. I just think that the rookie could have waited. DJ Moore belonged. Every defensive coordinator was designed schemes to stop him. So... Maybe he'll be better next year. Maybe he won't. Maybe he'll take a step back. I just think it's a shame. I loved his tweet of the Joker. He was a little bit maybe uh, bugged or confounded by it, and it was a mystery. As for the defensive guys, no doubt about it. Montez Sweat leads two teams in sacks. That's (laughs) never been done in the NFL, the Commanders and the Bears, and he is the multiplier. The Bears are a top-five scoring defense since he arrived, second in takeaways. And Jalen Johnson, no cornerback in the NFL, has held quarterback no cornerback has held quarterbacks to a lower passer rating than than Jalen Johnson. Congratulations to him. Yeah, I'm not talking necessarily about a pick six or something like that. That's the voice of Brad Biggs. Biggs time seven o'clock right here on the Mully and Haw show. Did you enjoy Justin Fields' dismissal of life in the Wisconsin wilderness? It'll be a fun environment to walk into. You know their home field. Uh, I know their fans gonna be loud because there's not much to do in Green Bay except watch football. Is that locker room fodder or is it just, you know, a fact, simple truth? How well will they play with the Bears fans? Well, now Justin Fields is just playing to his audience. He's definitely (laughs) pandering to the audience and fan base that adores him already. So if his popularity rating was uh, 75% of fans who wanted him to stay, it probably is bumped up to over 80 now. This is the way you you bring in and, and get the kind of support that he has. It's, it was funny. It cracked up the room. There was laughter after the comment in the interview room. Uh, what he says is, is something people have said over the years. Uh, I don't think it will be bulletin board material any more than what uh, Aaron Rodgers, former Packer quarterback, said about the Bears. That was that was equally uh, in, inciting, and, and, and those are kind of things that you look at won't have any effect. It just was surprising because 
Justin Fields is typically <laughs> at these Wednesday things stoic and measured and very much like he doesn't enjoy doing them. So him cracking a joke might be good. He's loose going into the final game. Uh, doesn't really have any effect on the outcome. So he's probably in a, in a positive state of mind and the fan base just nodding their heads in approval. Yeah, he's feeling loose, David. I think that's a good pickup, um, him doing that, going out of his way to do that. And maybe that's basically a tip of the cap to the fans who had his back on Sunday at Soldier Field, right? I got your back, you got mine kind of thing. At the end of the day, all that matters is that he goes up there and delivers on Sunday. That's that's what's most important. But it's fun. It, it's created debate uh, on the air and off the air right here on the on the Mully and Haw Show. I thought it was very funny. I just thought it was amusing. I, I um I I think that um was that, you know, tweaking the bear? Was that poking the bear? I just thought it was I thought he was just being honest. There's not a lot to do up there. He's been there. And uh and that's great. I I, I don't dislike Green Bay. I, I think it's a fine place for people to live. I personally wouldn't want to live there. I, I suppose if I were ever to to you know have the option of leaving i'm not i'm not sure that i wouldn't chase the sun a little bit i doubt i would cuz i kind of like seasonal weather and i kind of like it here and i kind of know where i'm going and everything so i'm not sure i'm i'd last long someplace rural um yeah i i, I you know it's it's a joke He's just saying there's nothing else to do up there. What else is there to do up there? I've been up there. There used to be a bookstore. I would go by the bookstore late, maybe on the on the drive home. But, David, think about this. How often do you stay overnight at a night game in Green Bay? You pretty much get out of there. You pretty much try to get out of there unless there's weather. And then you just come home. That one road going out is always busy. I I know you're joking, but it's true. No, I'm not joking. When you try to leave Green Bay after a night game, you're going to sit in traffic for a long time. I mean, normally. Even if you're writing, even if if back in the day when we were doing the the newspaper thing, I've sat in traffic leaving Green Bay some of the longest stretches. Now, we joked about. Steakhouses and, and stuff. Now, if you want to talk about hotels, there is no conversation. The hotels in Chicago are so much better than the hotels the, in Green Bay, the Wisconsin. The best hotel is the is the casino hotel, right? Is it's my dorm room at St. Norbert College. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, there's some. There's some. Didn't we stay at a shady hotel one time? Yeah. Yes. Uh huh. I laid on top of the mattress with my coat on. You went yeah. to college? No. Five in five years, David. Yes. Spelling. They, I didn't take any spelling classes, though. I always love how you ask me questions about the Packers, Molly. That is Stacy Dale. She'll be answering Bears Packers questions nine o'clock right here on the Molly and Haw Show. I may not be around anymore, thanks to David. Um, how do you feel about Bears rookie quarterback Tyreek Stevenson being named the NFC Defensive Player of the Week following two interceptions? Four passes defended and five total tackles. Jalen Johnson vowed to play on Sunday on the Parkinson Spiegel Show, but will the Bears be fine without him? Yeah, listen, I think they need Jalen Johnson, and I think they need to sign him, and I think the fact that he's made the Pro Bowl in a contract year should uh, tell them that there's a good possibility that he's just getting better and he's coming into his own as a player, etc. So I would, uh, I would keep Jalen Johnson around. As far as this game is concerned, 
I think the Bears are flying high. Um, Tyreek Stevenson, for a rookie player like that to become the the NFC Defensive Player of the Week, speaks volumes about his growth and how much better he's playing. You know, they don't have a huge drop-off when, when Terrell Smith is on the field either. They're actually in pretty good shape at the corner position, provided they keep uh, Jalen Johnson. That that would look pretty good all the way around. And um, and I think that um, I think they can beat Green Bay even if Jalen can't play. Wow. Uh, now that I, I – no. I think they definitely need Jalen Johnson out there to beat Green Bay. I think that's okay. important. He's going to play unless something changes. I mean, he was adamant yesterday with the Parkinson Spiegel Show – that he will be there uh, north of the Cheddar Curtain on Sunday, 325 kick. Um, yeah, and it's cool. I, I mean, Tyreek Stevenson winning that award, th- that's cool. I mean, it, it's been much better. I mean, he's played at a high level, and, and teams have gone after him because of Jalen Johnson's presence on the other side, and he's uh, stepped up to those uh, those expectations, those matches. No doubt Jalen Johnson is going to play. He's going to finish the season on a high note, uh, and he'll play through any kind of pain or injury. Tyreek Stevenson has delivered on all of the promise and all of the high expectations. He's met four interceptions, NFC Defensive Player of the Week, the first time the Bears have been honored in this way, or a Bear has received this honor, since Eddie Jackson in 2018. That's a long drought. And I think if you would have picked a defensive back at the beginning of the season, I don't know that we would have picked Tyreek Stevenson to end that drought. Good for him. You mentioned Terrell Smith. It's interesting. Even if he has to step up, if Jalen Johnson were not to play or to be limited, Terrell Smith was rated the highest Bears rookie by PFF yesterday. This Mm. has been a very strong rookie class. Tyreek Stevenson is at the head of it. Darnell Wright is there. It's difficult to look at this Bears rookie class and think who has had the biggest impact because of how many players have contributed. That's a credit to Ryan Poles. And Tyreek Stevenson getting this award puts a stamp on this rookie season for him and on this rookie class in general. What was your question? All right, here's a question. Who is the best coach in the NFC North? Who's the best executive, the best quarterback, the best wide receiver? Do the Bears have the best of anything in the division? Well, if you go position by position in the division, I guess they would come up with someone that's the best. Maybe Cairo Santos, the best Mm -hmm. kicker. Uh, it's not a long list. The best coach, if I were to look at this objectively, I mean, Dan Campbell's had the best season, but Matt LaFleur has the best record and resume. I think that probably it's LaFleur, best executive. <laughs> it's This year it would be Brad Holmes. It would definitely be Brad Holmes. The best quarterback, hmm, that's an interesting one. The best healthy quarterback or the best quarterback? Right now, the best quarterback playing in the last month of the season or so, that's Jordan Love. Best wide receiver is Justin Jefferson. Bears have the best kicker in the division. But after that, it's very difficult to look at them having the best of anything else. I think it's an interesting question only when you look at how far they have to go. This is a division that is muddled up after the Lions having the kind of year they've had. But are they going to run away with it? I don't know. I don't know. They Dan Campbell could have won that game, even though the refs lost it for the, the Lions the other night. Dan Campbell could have kicked the extra point, gone into overtime, taken his chances. That that makes me cautious to give 
too much credit or to believe too much in the Lions moving forward. Yes, they are going to be talented. Yes, I give him credit for what he's done. But the NFC North is there for the taking if you want to take the North. And that's and that's why I think that this isn't as big of a gap as we're as we're thinking. David, I think you make a good, you know, quarterback that's healthy or quarterback like in the next two or three years, right? It, I mean, there's a lot of talk on the score yesterday about, and, and it'll continue today and this week, Jordan Love versus Justin Fields. Nobody's even talking about Goff, who's about ready to cash in on, what, another $100 million extension, right? He, he's sitting there if he can win a, a playoff game. But again, like, the coaching in the North. I mean, Dan Campbell, what are you doing the other night? Okay, I understand that there was a, 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 a screw-up, but then kick the damn extra point. I mean that 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 just and then a third time doesn't even do it the th- not once not twice three times come on Dan Campbell I mean is Dan can't I just think Dan Campbell's the guy that's gotten them to B he's not the guy that's going to get the Lions to A he's done a nice job but he's not he's not the B to A guy he, he's just Lafleur okay but a lot of that was with Aaron Rodgers in the dominance in December now there's no Aaron Rodgers they're not dominant in December. And the, the, the Vikings coach is just milquetoast. I mean, he does absolutely nothing for me. Whoa, 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 whoa. He does nothing he for me. He was the coach of the year a year ago. Kevin he O'Connell? was the best coach. He does nothing for me. He, he was you the best look, coach he just, he, a he, year he, ago he in, looks the, at his, in the he NFC He looks at his North. paper and he... You would love it if he was running your offense. You would yeah. love Kevin O'Connell. I don't know. I don't know about that, I don't David. know. Yeah. I don't know about that. And, and I got to be honest, it's not just because I am a Bears fan. I mean, based on the the draft and what's coming up last year, and the, I mean, Ryan Poles might be the best executive after the fleecing he did to the Carolina Panthers. He might be the best executive in the I, NFC North. I, I think that Brad Holmes gets that award this year, and, and it's for a number of reasons. Their draft was spectacular, right? They've got a they got a tight end in the Pro Bowl that he took in the second round. They their first four picks were a pretty special pretty good players all the way around. And I think that when you look at taking David Montgomery off the Bears and, and putting him with uh, Jameer Gibbs, that's changed their team quite a bit. They left, they let Swift go. They let, they let the guys that they had go and upgraded that position because it wasn't good enough as much as they may have won at the end of the year. He also brought back their leading tackler. People never get credit for signing their own free agents, and uh, and that was a smart move. Um, I just think that 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 he had a really good year, and it's it's reflected on a team that looked like it was on the rise becoming the division champion. So you're right, Dustin. You know, we'll see how this goes uh, in this upcoming year, but, but there's no doubt that Ryan Poles has made some really good moves. But you got to – you gotta kind of acknowledge when somebody is uh, stepping uh, up in their job. Um, the best uh, coach in the NFC North, I think, as much as it was frustrating to watch some of that uh, riverboat run stuff going for it on fourth down throughout the year, and uh, and even the, you know, the, the coaches in the league uh, in this division are pretty good, and I think Matt Lafleur had like three 13 win seasons. They're doing okay if they make the playoffs. Do you think differently about him? I think that Kevin O'Connell had a phenomenal year last year, and they are in transition a little bit, and they suffered some major injuries, uh, including to the quarterback, who might be the best quarterback in the division. 
than Kirk Cousins, believe it or not, as much as we talk about his failings. Um, I'm with David. I think the Bears have an advantage of kicker in the division, but I'm not sure they have an advantage elsewhere. But they're going to get better, and you know we don't. We're not talking position by position here. We're talking about, um, you know, we're not we're not picking apart the secondary. We're not picking apart. We're just talking about quarterbacks. As I said, at wide receiver, it's Justin Jefferson. I, I think that um, I think that the division is pretty weak, top to bottom, and the Bears should have a chance to compete in it next year. Wow, I mean, that's that's an interesting question. That is the voice of Howard Griffith, Big Ten Network. We're going to talk to him at 825. And after J.J. McCarthy admitted the Michigan upped its sign-stealing game because Ohio State had stolen signs. I don't want to say a crazy number, but I'd say a good number, 80% of the teams in college football steal signs. And it's just a thing about football. You know, it's been around for years. We actually had to adapt because in 2020 or 2019, when Ohio State was stealing our signs, which is legal, we had to get up to the level that they were at. And we had to make it an even playing field. You know, I just feel like it sucks just because we do work our butts off. We do watch so much film and there's a lot more that goes into play and a lot of work that gets masked just because of the outside perception of what sign stealing is all about. Do you think that raises more doubt about the program? If Michigan wins the title, will it be tainted? Uh, you know, this is such yesterday's news to me. Um, no, I don't think it'll be tainted. I think there's a certain gamesmanship involved. The fact that they use video and all that, you know, that's wrong. You can't do that. But the kid is right that there is a lot of sign stealing going on, and that is just sort of normal practice uh, in the uh, in college football. Um, I don't believe they won all those games because they were stealing signs. I don't believe they beat Penn State because they stole signs. I don't believe that they uh, they won the Big Ten championship and beat Ohio State again. They've beaten them what three times in a row. I don't I don't believe that's because they were stealing signs. I'm sure that there will people there will be people that will look at that and say that, but in my mind, I just it it doesn't. It doesn't affect or impact my sensibilities in the same way it will for someone who's a Michigan hater like Dustin. Well, Molly, I think you nailed it. I mean, you still have to block. You still have to tackle. You still have to pass. You still have to catch. And those are the things that Michigan has done on the field. It's like the whole sign-stealing deal with baseball. Okay, They they still had to put the bat on the round ball, even, even when you know it's coming. Now, it's cheating. It's not allowed. It's against the rules. But it, maybe if they change the dumb rule that you're not allowed to scout in person, what? I mean, what? You're not allowed to scout in person against a team that you're playing on this year's schedule. That that just seems asinine to me. That that's an actual rule. And this, I think, that's part of why you have this kind of sign stealing going on. But yes, if. Michigan is able to win on Monday, which I don't think they'll be able to, and that's a whole other question. I think there will always be people that will want to put an asterisk by it because of this, and because Jim Harbaugh sat out six games because of this. He he sat out three because of this. Three were yeah. illegal recruiting. Oh, okay, three. He sat out six games for improprieties that have led yes. to their success so on the field. When Michigan wins on Monday night, 
then there will be people who will always look at this season as one that they accomplished as much as they could, and it, there will be some taint to it. There will be some scandals surrounding it. There's there's no way around that. There's going to be skeptics in everything, and there's going to be people who want to ruin every celebration. I don't think that it should, but that doesn't mean that there won't be. I think that when you talk about what the, the, the realities in college football and cheating and stealing signs and all those things, J.J. McCarthy might be right, but this was the wrong time to introduce that into the conversation. This, to me, was a surprise because you have a young man who has represented Michigan in an exemplary way in his hometown and his family and all the things. This is a kid who is the epitome of a college football player. Everything you want in a college football player, J.J. McCarthy is. This was a dumb thing to say now. This was a potential distraction that he created. 80% is a number that forces you to think about it more. 80% is a number thrown out there by J.J. McCarthy, and you think, okay, well, really, what's he talking? How many teams? No. What you want to do if you are a Michigan athlete, uh, administrator, coach, fan, you want to change the subject. You want to move on. You want to keep the focus on, you know what? This is a great conversation. You might be right, but we're focused on Washington. We're focused on winning. We're focused on making history. That's all. End of story. He didn't say that. So now it invites more scrutiny, more conversation, and I think that I could almost see Jim Harbaugh's face cringing when he probably heard J.J. McCarthy saying this on that teleconference. Yeah, I think it's a good question. All right, let's get to some Bulls. Did the Bulls improve from night to night in their first meeting with the Knicks last night? With three more meetings with the Knicks this year, who wins the season series? Knicks look good. They made a good trade. The Bulls are trying to make a good trade. The Knicks uh, have a lot going in their direction. Very similar because the Eastern Conference has, you know, the elite teams and they have the next tier. And, and the Knicks are kind of fighting for some respectability. A typical Tom Thibodeau coach team. They have Jalen Brunson. He was, you know, become a, a star. It's just because of his sheer will, and he just doesn't miss. So I would think that based on last night, based on where the Bulls are and the uncertainty of where they're headed, yeah, I could see the Knicks winning the season series with the Bulls and finishing the season ahead of them. You know, the biggest problem with the Bulls right now is you've got two guys of your big three that you've run back that are out. You're not going to find a third guy that's going to score 20 based on who's on available to Billy Donovan and the Bulls. The other problem is is that stars, okay, stars scored 32 stars scored 66 points last night of 116 points for the Knicks. Bulls just don't do that. When, when's the last, I mean, come on, how many times do, do you get two of the Bulls' big three both score in 30? And most of the time when Zach Levine scores 40 or more, the Bulls lose that game because it's all Max Levine or nothing. That's it, and everybody else just gets to stand around and watch. He just like caught a max. So, yeah, I think the Knicks will win this uh, season series, and thank goodness for the local broadcast last night because that was a weird watch and a weird broadcast on the three-letter network last night. I did not enjoy that at all. Not a J.J. Redick fan, huh? It was like, is he going to talk? Like, it, like, he, like, they kept setting him up, and he's, like, just sitting there. <laughs> like, they got three, they got two analysts, and, and all we heard from was the play-by-play guy. Speak. Analyze it for me. 
honest to God, I wish we had more time to talk about it, but we're out of time. Um, I think that they played better from game to game. Uh, that's good to see. They need to play a lot better if they're going to win consistently. We'll discuss it. We've got the extra point next. Mully and Hawk score. Set up this extra point. It's time for the extra point with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Do you believe the Bears' last play schedule has been an important element in the 2023 success? Will they be able to continue this improvement next season if they play a tougher slate of opponents? Well, I think success is a relative term. And if you look at it, the question is, do you think this the last play schedule has been an important element in their progress? That would be the way I would look at it because – They've taken advantage of the last place schedule, which is why I think they have, you know, seven wins. And you could say that's the way it's supposed to work in the NFL. That's the way the parity is dictated, and you see it on a regular basis. It's just a strange league. It continues to be one of the reasons why we're addicted to football. Any outcome can be, you know, expected, and the unpredictability of every game, every weekend – Keeps us watching. Cardinals and the Eagles, latest example. The Cardinals lose to the Bears, and then they go and they beat Philly. So I think the Bears have done what they needed to do. What it does, I think, individually, maybe for a guy like Justin Fields, is that you start to wonder how he would fare if he's had success over the final seven games. How, if the first seven games next year are uh, a second-place schedule, if they win on Sunday against the Packers and they have a tougher schedule because of that, how will we fare against di- more difficult defenses? It's it's a it's a interesting question. I I don't want to diminish anything that they have accomplished uh, in relative terms, based on the fact that it's come against lesser opponents. But you can't ignore it either. So there's a there's a, a fine line there, and I think that there's you have to strike a balance between getting too carried away because if you say, well, you know they're the, 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 the look at what they've done in the second half of the season. There's only so many teams that they're uh, have been better than the Bears with who they have played and the quality of the opponent. So it is part of the equation, even though I wouldn't overstate it either way. Well, this was part of my early season optimism. That's why I thought the Bears could get to potentially double-digit wins because of who was on the schedule, just looking at it on paper. That was that was a big that was a big reason. I thought Fields was going to make a bigger jump than he did. I thought DJ Moore was going to be a huge addition, and he was. Um, and I expected more from the defense early on that just wasn't there. I was I was fooled. I bought into it. But the Bears, if you want to say they're being successful or been successful of late, look at how many teams have, are still in the hunt, right? I mean, until the last two weeks of the season, lots of teams had not been eliminated. So, I mean, the, the, the margin, it's very slim. The difference between winning and losing in this league is very slim. So, yeah, it's going to be a factor, no doubt. But I don't know that it's going to be that big of a factor that all of a sudden the Bears are going to be worse next year because all of a sudden they're going to have to pay for the fact that they won seven or eight games this year. Bears doubled their win title from one year to the next, and part of that was they did not have the toughest schedule in the league. Their schedule was was relative. I mean, if you look at the quarterbacks they played, how many of them are coming back as the starter on the team? You know, they went five and three at home. How many teams did they beat uh, that have the same quarterback coming back next year? The Lions? Um, it, it is just they did not have a very difficult schedule. 
And that is one of the reasons that you should feel good about it. But something weird happens. You know, when you are a team and you are on the come, uh, you start playing with more confidence. By beating bad teams one year, you are more capable of beating a good team the next year. And I think that what's happening with the Bears and the reason to be excited about it is that they are no longer in a rebuild. They are no longer – it is all build now. You should see every move that's made get them forward, including re-signing Jalen Johnson. You know, this is not the time to be worried about preserving your salary cap or worried about uh, not going out and getting good players. If they can – if they can match the couple of Pro Bowl-level players they brought in and do that next year, that's, that's just going to make them better. And I think that when you start building confidence, you know, you talk about the Lions last year winning at the end of the year. I don't know it's the same thing with the Bears because I still think there could be a change of quarterback. But I am, uh, I- I'm pretty confident that they're going to get better. They're going to be a better team to start next season than the team that ends this year. And that that puts them in a position to be able to win. That puts them in a position where maybe they can actually start the season without four straight losses. Maybe they can actually win some of those close games that they should have won. And you get a couple more wins. You get a, a, a start to the season that isn't awful. All of a sudden, you're in the mix, and you are a, you're you're gaining confidence, and you're able to beat teams that are better, and you become one of the better teams. That's the point. That is what they're trying to do, and uh, and we'll see if they get there. But I think it's all about build, build, build next year, as opposed to straightening things out and being afraid to make this move or that move. I think they'll be a a lot more confident next season. And doubling their win total or whatever, even if they end up with eight, they're still not going to be playing that first-place schedule that you would see more issues with. They're going to have games on their schedule that they feel like, because they are in build mode, that they can put together a season that's not unrealistic in terms of their their expectations. They they can go into next season thinking – I think they have to go into next season thinking playoffs, regardless of the quarterback, regardless of the schedule. The the, – the division schedule is not going to change. They, um, they, they have some opponents that, they, that the whole division will have to play. We're talking, I think there's only three games that will be determined yeah. uh, by how they finish against uh, Green Bay. So, I mean, not, three games can turn a season, don't get me wrong. I'm not claiming that they can't, but if Bears win this game and they get a harder schedule, I don't think it's going to matter. I think next year, don't they play the uh, – is, is it the NFC West? Do they play the NFC West teams next uh, year? I, th- I believe that is the case. Yes. At, they go to Arizona. They go, they, they go to San Francisco. That's yeah. already said. Yeah, so they have, they have these kind of uh, matchups in that division, which isn't great when you add the 49ers. It's great for people to – cover the games and go out there for fan as, as a fan <laughs> it's a tremendous place to, to watch a, a football game but uh, if you are the coaching staff you don't relish preparing for the San Francisco 49ers because they could be the defending Super Bowl champions if they appear on your schedule next year 
as we sit here today on January 4th. Oh, so much fun. It's fun. It's going to be good. We'll uh, we'll see where it all ends up. We've got uh, your calls next, 312-644-6767. It's Mully and Hall on the score. It'll be a fun environment to walk into. I know their home field. Uh, I know their fans going to be loud because there's not much to do in Green Bay except watch football. I was born in a small town. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Was he John Cougar at that point or John Cougar Mellencamp before he just became John Mellencamp? He might have been John Cougar Mellencamp at that point. Okay. Might have been uh, at that uh, stage of his career. Right. Justin Fields playing to his fan base, speaking to his base, if you will. Sure. And, uh, and everybody loved it. And he had a good sense of humor. You don't often see him being that relaxed. It's good. It's a good state of mind. Final game of the season. It beats answering questions about whether this will be his final game as a Bear. So it was a, a light moment, a good one, and it reminded everybody just uh, how fun this rivalry can the, be. The room laughed, yeah. which I thought was funny, too. Yeah. I mean, he made a joke, and everybody, ah, <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah. Do you think there were others like you offended by the diss of a small town? I wasn't offended. You were. You I said d- that you brought up the whole small town thing. And that's no, I, I wasn't offended at all by that. I oh, thought okay. it was. I thought it was amusing. Right. Yeah, it no. was amusing. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, yeah. it was good. And uh, and it, it it'll it is yet to be determined. I, I wonder when we'll find out what if any changes are coming. And um, it has yet to be determined if the player will be back to uh, carry on uh, dissing the the uh, rival, the, the great rival of the Bears. He's got one more game to make his case, and he can end it with an exclamation point, and he can close his argument convincingly if he plays like he did on Sunday against the Falcons. What you're missing from – the report, if you will, if you're filing a report on Justin Fields, franchise quarterback, what you would like to see him do against the Packers is something that he has struggled doing in his first 37, 38 starts, whatever it is. It's the finishing in the fourth quarter, the the reason why the Bears come back and win, the protection of the football, the execution of the plays, the clutch performance when you need it. Justin Fields, in the fourth quarter, when you look at the body of work, it's incomplete and, and frankly, a little disappointing. The numbers don't say that he's somebody that will win you a game in the fourth quarter. There are a lot of reasons. There are a lot of reasons before you, you scoff and you tell me and text me that we, you know, we, you're looking at the negatives. There's a lot of positives about Justin Fields. But I think we'd all agree that you'd like to see more fourth quarter evidence of him winning a football game the dream is the game comes down to the end the ball's in his hands and it's marched down the field and win the game that is the dream that it, that would be a great way of closing the case that would be a dream and if that is the reality we'll come in here monday morning and we'll reconsider a lot of things mm-hmm. because momentum is a funny thing and emotion as much as we want to separate it from the equation i think that might be a little naive the Bears, as an organization, can try to do that. If they beat the Packers in a way that is all because of Justin Fields' play in the fourth quarter, 
<laughs> that's why you reserve judgment. That's why you table those conversations. That's why you don't make a decision until you have to make a decision. Brazel is uh, listening on the Odyssey app. Hey, Brazel, good morning. You guys do it. Good. Good to hear from you guys, man. You know, I love talking to you guys, man. It's been a beautiful, beautiful couple of weeks listening to you guys. Made me go see my psychiatrist as usual because you know what? I love Justin Fields, and you guys always send me crazy. You go, you guys go me crazy. But anyway, I want to make a point, man, because I I listen to you guys all the time, and sometimes I work long hours, so I end up listening to the the shows that come on after you guys, mm-hmm. Parkinson and Spiegel and them. And they were talking about Justin Fields and the reason why. Why do he always seem to be uh, kind of always about not thinking about the future and kind of speak a, a certain way about everything is not the next day is not promised to you. And I feel like that people don't understand that his father is a police officer mm-hmm. and he's seen a lot of black tragedy. He's seen a lot of young men dying on the streets. And I think he passed that to his son about how you can't take life for granted. So I think Justin Fields has a way of thinking that some of us at, at that age were, didn't care about. And that's the next day. So he don't let it be, the next day don't affect him. He seems to look past all the hardship and all the, the challenges that he go through. And he seems to be a very strong young man. So in saying that, I'm just saying the Bears should really think before they uh, try to draft the next quarterback and really, really take a, a real evaluation of him, not only on the field, but his personality, his leadership. And I think he's a great player. But if they want to switch, I think if they switch and this guy doesn't come through, we shouldn't wait like we did with the other uh, management, man. We should get rid of Poles. But I, don't, I think Poles is a good manager, so I don't want to get rid of him. But I think if he makes this decision and we go backwards out the, out the field, he should be fired. That's mm. my opinion, guys. Thanks, for That's fair. Well, that, that's a long time away. That that's is a, a long time several away. Several conversations and seasons, maybe. Yeah. The, far, the fact Listen, that – not know. every decision's the right decision. That's <laughs> the NFL, okay? You get, you, when you're running a team with a 53-man roster – you're going to make errors. You're going to make mistakes. But he's right about if you make if if you sign a guy who's a bust, <laughs> and if and if this guy ends up being a good player, then everybody's going to be calling for your head. That that that's escalated quickly. It went from giving Justin Fields some grace and some credit for having perspective. He was raised right. There's no doubt about it. And maybe you should believe in him too. Fire. If Ryan Poles is wrong. He's got to go. <laughs> I mean, that's a conversation for like a year from now or two years, two from, now. years from now. You yeah, know, that, yeah, that, yeah. In fairness, I understand where he's going. I think when you focus in and zero in on what we were talking about coming into this, what's at stake Sunday for Justin Fields, the one thing that Brazil did allude to, Justin Fields' perspective and mental toughness, I think, makes him more likable, more relatable, and he's, he's an easy guy to root for. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. You you know, you wish everything would work out great for him. Maybe it will elsewhere. Maybe it will here. I, I don't think that's been determined yet, but I'd say that they're leaning in one direction. Mark is in South Bend. Hey, Mark. Hey, how you guys doing? Happy New Year, Molly, David, you, and Dustin. I hope you had a great holiday season. Thank you. Uh, you too. Green Bay, I used to. I used to work up in Green Bay as a railroad flagger, and I discovered there's a lot of good stuff in Green Bay. Uh, I know they're only up there a few hours or a day before the game or whatever, but there's a great place called Madam's Mongolian Barbecue. It's on Lombardi Drive, about a mile east of Lambeau Field, and it's a great place. And there's a place where Dustin could do his dance. He did in, in the Detroit game, 
at four field when uh, the Bears melted down. He did that dance after that big first quarter run. He could do that up at Seika's uh, nightly uh, outing. Uh, there's a place called Seika's just outside of Green Bay. He could try that move up there, and I bet the girls go crazy. Wow. Thanks, All right, Mark. Mark. Did he say Dustin or Justin? I think he meant Justin. I think he said Dustin, so I'm thinking, did Dustin do a dance that we missed? I, am I the only one who hears Seika and, and wants to hit the dump button, just worried that that that's uh, <laughs> I don't know. a little bit I, of a different type he, joint? Than... He said Dustin, and I was like, did I miss Dustin dancing? That Dustin. I mean, it was a place up there called Bob O'Reilly's back in the day that you could dance at. <laughs> Oh, Bob, Bob, I'm sorry, Bob Louis. Oh, Bob Louis. Bob O'Reilly is that is a is who a song? Who song? Yeah, Bob Louis. Okay, I, I don't know what that. I used means. to dance there. Were you uh, were you dancing professionally there? <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> I don't. I can't no, see it. I, I mean, I have maybe I, after soda. Uh, okay, after soda. You can't see it, and then you wouldn't be able to unsee it. <laughs> there you go. You did. Chris is in champagne. Hey, Chris, how are you? Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Hey, I got a couple of comments, and then I'll sit back and listen. appreciate taking my call. Uh, one is that you got all this momentum that uh, the Bears have had. We're improving. And in my opinion, the last thing you want to do is bring in a new quarterback because what happens with rookie quarterbacks? Most of them struggle, and that's going to bring the whole team back. Second of all, my other point is, is that who's to say this whole team, the whole chemistry is going to ch- could change by getting rid of the, the team leader and bringing in somebody that there's been reports that his own team was glad he was gone for the bowl game. So my personal opinion is, is that Caleb Williams is six foot, very few short quarterbacks are successful, and I think he's a future bust. I'll sit back and listen. Thanks Thank for the you. phone call. I That's... wonder, did they say the same thing about Sid Luckner? <laughs> I don't know. I think his skepticism <laughs> about Caleb Williams is one that many Bears fans will sure. share. Yeah. A lot of college football fans share. There are you know, various reports out of USC about what he alluded to, teammates not being happy or, or being relieved when they played without him. I think they need to get to the bottom of it. The Bears need to do their investigation about who Caleb Williams is. And then you figure out, is that an upgrade? That a better option? Is he a guy that you can win a Super Bowl with and because of? Yeah, I I think that there's a lot of the process left before you get to any of those decisions. So, I can't sit here and tell you, yeah, oh, my God, you know, you you are really going to make a horrible mistake if you take I, Caleb Williams. I, I don't know. I, I How are we supposed to know? We've only seen him. We have not been exposed to all he of the He passes the eye test. He certainly passes. There's a lot test. more tests that he has to pass. Yes, there but are, by the time you conduct those tests yes. and do your investigation, I think that the emotion that a lot of people feel right now might be – less of a factor because there's got to be time. And over time, you're not going to feel that like gut reaction to you got to keep Justin Fields. Maybe that's not right, but I do think it's going to take a lot of time to figure out exactly who you might be drafting or who you might be passing up. And we've got a lot of texters checking in, kind of agreeing with the idea that if a, a bad decision can be made, it will be made by the bears. 
I think I think maybe that's changing. I think maybe tap the brakes on that one and uh and we'll see. We've got Biggs time next. Brad Biggs, football man from the Chicago Tribune, will join us. It's Mully and Home score. I keep it real. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.